Hi there, this is Elliot. Before we get to the episode, just a quick word. The next few episodes are going to focus on some new page thought leadership. And while there'll be tons of information in these new episodes, I encourage you to visit paths.page.org. That's P-A-T-H-S dot page.org. There you'll find progression paths and a host of new resources that are designed to help CCOs step up and lead in brand new ways. With that, here's the episode. As communicators, the currency that we trade in is truth and trust, and both are essential parts of managing reputation. But the rise of deepfakes is challenging our ability as a society to trust what truth really is. I can tell you that it's really me talking to you right now, but the reality is that it could just as easily be some AI-enabled piece of software. How could you really be sure? That ambiguity is dangerous in many ways, especially when it's exploited by those with bad intentions. At the Page Annual Conference, Boston University law professor Danielle Citrin discussed the nature of this threat and offered five ways that society and companies can respond. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, the real Elliot Mizrahi, and this is the new CCO. It's terrific to be here. Uh, What do they say? I'm here to scare you. It's a law professor. uh, Lawyer and civil rights advocate. No, I'm kidding. But I am going to, what I'm going to do today... I might scare you a little, to be honest. Um, I'm going to talk, first I'm going to explain the concept of a deep fake, what it is. Um, Then I'm going to talk about what it is about us that can weaponize them. Um, And then the harm that they cause. And then I'm going to talk a bit about what we, like everybody in this room, can do about them. Okay, so what is a deep fake? So how many of you have heard of deep fakes? Sort of, oh, look at that. Okay, so we are doing a good job in terms of spreading the word, but I'll just, for those who have, aren't familiar, um, deep fake technology is machine learning technology that allows you to either manipulate or fabricate from whole cloth video and audio of people doing and saying things that they never actually did or said. And it's incredibly realistic and, and increasingly so. Um, so it seems real, but it's totally false, right? It's a total falsehood. Now, the technology itself is diffusing pretty rapidly, right? Though it's sort of developing in sophistication. So in the spring of 2018, um, someone posted a tool on Reddit for letting users insert faces into pornography. And what followed is, and this won't surprise you, but a cascade of videos of people who took female celebrities and inserted their faces into porn videos without their consent. Um, and, and today, you can go on YouTube and find countless videos, like tutorials, on how to create deepfakes with your desktop. And soon, it may be as easy as just using your cell phone to make them. So there are things and features about our some most basic human frailties that make us susceptible to sharing deepfakes and, and, and having them go viral. So the first is that you know, we have a visceral reaction to audio and video. We believe that it's true on the notion that of course you can believe what your eyes and ears are telling you. Um, And we have an attraction to the salacious, like that won't surprise any of you given the work that you do, right? We are attracted to and will spread online information that's negative and novel. Um, And so researchers have found that fake news stories spread 10 times faster 
than accurate stories online during the election of 2016. And the study found that it was human beings, you know, not bots that were spreading the fake stories. So in many respects, we were the bug in the code, right? Um, and last, of course, we're attracted to information that confirms our worldviews, right? So we know psychologists call that confirmation bias. And platforms allow us to supercharge that tendency by permitting us to share, to like, to click, to share information that confirms and sort of lines up with our viewpoints. And so deep fakes, we've seen that they can go viral really quickly and cause a tremendous amount of harm. So now what about, of course, corporate sabotage? So I don't know if you guys heard about this story from just a week ago. Um, a, a UK uh, CEO um, was, was spoofed into wiring $250,000 to a scam artist. And let me explain how. He received a phone call from what sounded like his boss. So he's the subsidiary, his company, of a parent company in Germany. And it was his boss who said he swore it was the CEO. But of course, it was a deep fake audio of the CEO in Germany telling him to wire $250,000 to someone. And it needed to be done right away. Um, it was you know, incredibly important business. And he wires the money. And of course, the money disappears. Um, so we're seeing sort of on the ground fraud happening in real time, right? But so what might, so for your, as you think about the companies that you represent and the work that you do, you know, imagine if the night before an initial public offering of stock, there was a deep fake showing the CEO of the company sort of drunkenly spouting conspiracy theories, right? The deep fake, because it's time just right, the night before the IPO, could of course tank the stock offering and really undermine our faith in the stability of financial markets. And we can imagine a deep fake being released the night before the FDA approves a major drug, right? There might be a deep fake showing the company CEO talking about how they hid sort of science, right? That the drug actually was cancer causing or dangerous in some way. And that would shake the faith in the company and the FDA, right? So we, can, we will, sadly, I think see mischief that imperils the work that you all, the people you work for and the companies and the kinds of integrity of reputations that you work on. And of course, so corporate reputations, individuals, journalists, um, we, you know, we see increasingly we have really distrust of major institutions, right? So imagine if the night before an election, there was a deep fake showing uh, one of the major party candidates gravely sick. Right? The deep fake could turn and tip the election and undermine our faith and legitimacy of the electoral process. And in its part because we, we know as a society, we're increasingly distrustful of politicians, of corporate CEOs, right? of, of important institutions. And so deep fakes find an audience primed to believe them. And the truth is on the line as well. right? So, Technologists expect that within the next six months that it's going to be increasingly difficult, if not impossible, to, make, to distinguish between real video and fake video. So there's an arms race between generating increasingly sophisticated deepfakes and their detection. So really the question is, how can truth emerge in a deepfake-ridden 
you know, marketplace of ideas? Will we just you know, proceed along the path of least resistance and just believe what we want to believe? You know, truth be damned. And there's another peril too, besides believing falsehoods, we might start disbelieving the truth. So we've already seen politicians invoke the notion of a deep fake by saying, yeah, you know that, that audio of me saying something really distasteful and offensive? That's just fake news. You can't believe what your eyes and ears are telling you these days. And it's that peril that my co-author, Bobby Chesney, and I call the liar's dividend. That liars will invoke the concept of a deep fake to avoid accountability for their wrongdoing. So of course, then the question is, well, what do we do about it, right? And unfortunately, there isn't a silver bullet. There's not one sort of path that we can proceed on to, to meaningfully address this problem. We have to throw a number, I always tell my students, like, let's throw a number of tomatoes against the wall and see what sticks. But of those tomatoes, there are things that each and every one of you, I think, can do in thinking about how to respond to deep fakes. And I think there are five areas that we should focus on. The first is your internal strategy, right? Um, and I work with one of the uh, presidential campaigns, and we have a policy that internally in the campaign, there needs to be a strategy about what the campaign is going to do when faced with a deep fake. So you have to get your ducks in a row internally about what your rapid response is going to look like. And of course, you could have red team exercises where you imagine what a deep fake might do and how it might imperil your organizations and then go through, potentially, your sorts of responses. Now, that first bucket, right, the first strategy, your internal strategy, is connected to the second path that I want to talk about, which is tech companies and tech platforms, right? So in your internal strategy, you've got to think about and make contacts with the major social media companies to let them know if there is a deep fake that is reputationally harmful and damaging that you have immediate contact with the trust and safety officers so you can report the deep fake. But I also need your help, because we've got to convince the major social media companies to ban harmful deep fakes. Right? We saw with the Pelosi video, Facebook refused to take down, remember the, she was seen slurring her words, it, was a, it wasn't a deep fake, right? it was just a manipulation of, of real video. And they refused to take it down on the theory of we're going to have a, a, a next to the video, uh, a statement from Facebook saying this may not be true, right? Um, and so that's frankly not good enough by my light. So when I work with and I work closely with Facebook and Twitter, I urge them to ban harmful deep fakes. But of course, that's going to be an expensive endeavor because it requires human judgment. We, don't, we can't throw an algorithm and say, go figure out, you know, and, and take down and automatically filter deep fakes. It requires content, looking at the content and looking at the context to figure out if a video is a harmful impersonation or if it's parody, right, satire or art. Um, so, so thinking about tech companies and advocating that they ban harmful deep fakes and be careful in the way that they do it. Now, the third sort of strategy relates to the second. Um, and that's law, right? So I'm a law professor. Um, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what law can and should do. And I'm going to bring tech companies into the discussion in a second. But you know, law is our teacher. It educates us about what's harmful and what's wrong. And we know it shapes behavior, right? It deters. 
uh, and, it, by, and also by providing redress. Um, but right now, law is just not up to the task of you know, digital manipulated videos and audio that cause harm. Um, the first is that, and I'm not sure if this is gonna surprise you, but online platforms enjoy immunity from liability for the postings of other people, thanks to the Federal Communications Decency Act passed in 1996. And so they have no legal incentive, they might have a business incentive, but no legal incentive to respond to the deep fake phenomena, to respond to threats, to respond to stalking and spam, right? They don't have a legal obligation to do so. And I think we need to change Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to condition the immunity from liability on engaging in reasonable content moderation practices. So that's the first way I think law needs to change. The second is we are kind of woefully underprepared for what my colleague Marianne Franks and I call digital forgeries. So digital impersonations that cause significant harm. We don't have a federal law and nor do we have them. There are two states that are kind of moving into this space, but we, we don't systematically at the state level have criminal laws that address harmful digital impersonations or digital forgeries. And so um, I'm the vice president of the Cyber Civil Rights Initiative, and so Professor Marianne Franks, who's the president, and I have been working with a number of offices on the Hill, the Senate side and the House side, to work on uh, criminalizing certain harmful kinds of digital impersonations or forgeries. Um, but of course, law is a blunt instrument. It can only do so much. Um, it's really difficult when your perpetrator lives outside the country, right, where the victim lives. We may not have jurisdiction. We can't pull them into the courts to face justice. The fourth is the media, right? The media needs far better training on the phenomenon of deep fakes because they are likely to amplify and spread them, right? Everyone wants the latest scoop. Uh, and so I think the Wall Street Journal has gotten training on deep fakes, but I'd like to see other news outlets do the same. Um, and some outlets like the Washington Post has done a great job in covering the deep fake phenomenon, but those are just two of the sort of major media outlets. And lastly, of course, is education, right? We are part of this. We are the problem, right? We spread, we believe, we share uh, doctored video and audio and fabricated doctored video and audio. And we don't even think about it, right? We like, we, sh we click, we share, and we don't even think. Um, so in many respects, we need a whole lot of educating ourselves. Even today is an example of being engaged in the kind of educational efforts that are needed because we've got to, we've, we need a healthy dose of societal resilience. And this conversation is part of it. And I imagine just as a profession and doing what you all do, you are engaged in these, just the kinds of conversations we need to. If you enjoyed today's episode of the new CCO, be sure to check out our latest episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear what you think so that we can keep making this podcast more interesting and valuable to you. To find out more about what's happening at PAGE, please visit us at page.org. Special thanks go to Morning Consult and to Rivet Smart Audio, our podcast sponsors. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this podcast to you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the new CCO.